Brenton, it is good to see you in Moscow. What are you doing, brother? Why, hello there, Nathan. How are you today? Very good. I, what is voice you're doing? Voice? What voice? You, you this is my normal, normal voice. I've had it since Russian. I was a young child. You are Russian, Brenton. You are born in Moscow. We are in Soviet Russia, and uh, this is how we talk here. Or let, let me just turn to the Red Army and ask, uh, Red Red Army, do you think this is <laughs> the accent <laughs> that uh, the Brenton should use? You got that right, mate. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> Ah, Brenton, we're in Soviet Russia right now. What an exciting time. We're live from Soviet Russia. Hello, everyone. Hello. (laughs) How are we all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Classic Movie Banter. Like we said, coming to you live from Soviet Russia. Oh, yes. You know that podcast where we review movies that are 20 years or older. 20 years. You took the lines out of my mouth. I literally ripped them out. Now, yes. my name is Brenton, and that guy over there is one Nathan. But today, I'm Nathanov. <laughs> yeah, Nathanov. I am, I am Brentonov. <laughs> Nathan- <laughs> this is like the Russian like knockoff version of the podcast. <laughs> like- yeah, man. This is uh, this is this is the uh, this is the stuff that like you know. You know, we're like our alternate selves. We're like ourselves, like in a parallel universe oh. right now. We've kind of swapped with them. Like our our true, look, our ourselves, our real selves from this universe are currently in a, in the universe of our Russian selves, and they are like, you know, having a great old time in Moscow and like you oh, know, love sipping it. sipping vodka, having a, having a good time. Don't you love it when like in like movies and TV shows they like they, they show you like you have like the team, like the team of characters from a main movie or TV show, but then there's like an episode or movie where they have like their exact opposites or like there's a team but from a different place you know what i mean it's like it's like yeah man and it's like and, and all the characters are like wait a minute they're like us but russian it's, <laughs> it's like that's what's happening today totally man have you seen the trailer for uh zombie land uh, zombie land 2 fuck man you took the words out of my mouth <laughs> yeah. i see I, I am doing ripping now in soviet russia holy, i rip you holy shit man we are like on the same page today oh, i wonder if so that's insane. going to continue when we talk about today's film mm. now i will i will give you guys a bit more context in terms of if you've never seen the show classic movie firstly congratulations you've made the wrong decision arriving here today. congratulations for on seeing it because there's actually nothing to see given that it is uh sent out on an audio medium but you Cheers, know that's Brenton. that's <laughs> but uh but that's but that's okay um but if this is your first time listening in, uh, like we said, we review films that are 20 years old, and we basically tell you whether these films are worth, still worth watching today, or whether they're not, and they should be sent away, grinded down into a fine dust, and then, like, scattered, you know, in your grandma... Sprinkled over Soviet Russia. Uh, yeah, 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 like, that's a better one, yeah. Sprinkled over Soviet Russia as we kind of fly, fly over, like, what we'll do is, Nathan... Um, <laughs> Because I presume this is how it will work. We'll hmm. we'll get on a flight from Russia to somewhere else, and we'll we'll go into the bathroom. You and I will go into the one bathroom, and they'll be like, "Are they joining the Mar High Club?" No, we're not. We <laughs> are going in there with with we're the like ashes urn. of this film, and we we'll just like sprinkle them into the toilet, and we'll do the vacuum like you know like flushing system where it's like oh, and it like sucks. That it is out, the worst you know? sound in the world. I don't know why airplane toilets have it. It's, it's oh, so bad. It terrifies me. I've been in so many fights and still that sound terrifies me. What's interesting is that I find it oddly satisfying. <laughs> really? I'm not even kidding. Like, it's loud and it's like, it gets you. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And there you know, it as is. a kid, I thought for years that like it literally just dropped off the bottom of the plane. Like, they didn't store the shit. Like, it literally just fell like from the sky. What are you talking about, Nathan? I thought that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I always wondered how it like, like if the flight paths were designed so the shit would never hit any people. But then like, oh no, I turned like 10 and then, I don't know, I told someone and they're like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nathan, I could continue that, like, with other stories of, like, your Nathanisms and, like, you discovering things in life. But, hey. Uh, We're we here to review a movie, a- aren't we? Yeah, and we will be starting another epic, which is uh, ironic because that ah, is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. What a segue, Brenton. It almost sounds like we're in a Hollywood studio and you're about to pitch me this movie. Nathan, let's talk about Dr. Zhivago. Here we go. Who is Dr. Zhivago? All right, mate. You know that classic old novel, Dr. Zhivago? <laughs> I really don't, Brenton. I've never heard of this book <laughs> oh, in my life. Shh. 
shit. Now I have to actually, like, actually try in the pitch. All right. Wait, are you talking so, about the Nobel Prize winning novel that was banned in I Soviet am. Russia? That's exactly what I'm... So basically, this is going to be an adaption of that. Ah. Um, so basically, the story follows this Wait, this are you man. David Lean in this equation? <laughs> No, I'm I'm not going to even attempt that. Oh, because okay. um, he's very so British, so like you could he is you could really ramp up that accent. Um, so wait, he, is this um, bridge on the River Kwai's David Lean? It is. Ah. It is. It's also uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Ah, know, so let me guess. You want to make another epic? Yeah, I'm. Go- I want to make another epic, and basically, what I want to do is I want to do an adaptation of this Nobel Prize. Uh, this uh, Nobel winning fucking I can't even talk today, dude. This is a this is a great pitch. Shit, my career's on the line. I've got to get it in. <laughs> All right. So we're following the story of this man, the man, the myth, the man, the myth, the legend that is Doctor Zhivago. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He's a doctor, but he's not at the start of this. He's an orphan boy that is okay. uh, taken him taken in by this family. Is he under the cupboard? No, he's not. He's not. He but he has a half brother who is Alec Guinness, Ooh. aka Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm. Um, and so he's raising his family, and he, you know he begins practice uh, and. This whole film, like, I, I can't even, like, start to explain it because then I'll naturally have to explain the plot of each kind of beat of this film because this, it, this film com- covers a number of years in this man's life. It does. Uh, and, it, and it covers, like, you know, the revolution in Russia. So when is this set? Where is this set? It's set... It's set so initially it's set before World War One, I, I okay. believe. And then we, we go through World War One, we go through the revolution, and we kind uh. of come out the other side, I guess. Uh, that's so kind does of that the mean time. you need to know a lot about the Russian Revolution to get this movie? I don't think so. I, d- okay. I don't think so at all. Because because we're, we're actually focusing on this film. We're not so much... Co- that's, that's the scope. That's the backdrop. Mm-hmm. What we're focusing on is this man's life and how his artistry because even though he's a doctor he's also a poet his oh. artistry and his personal relationships with his wife and also his uh mistress ooh sounds like a love triangle brenton ooh one might call it that but, but yeah yeah it is um and it's and it's this this Wait, kind of actually a love triangle insinuates one of the girls likes the other girls so no it's just it's just him being adulterous frankly yeah, exactly, exactly, ex- ex- precisely, Nathan. And it follows it follows this story of <laughs> what a plot twist. The women meet and they just start making out with each other. Like Shivago's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't see this coming. Whoa, whoa. I didn't Shivago. see this coming, but but I'm but I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's. I, I don't really want to get into more than that, but I will say in terms of the plot of the film, the reason that the plot is being conveyed to us is because Alec Guinness, who plays his half brother, as I said before. Uh, thinks that this young woman he meets at some point in the future is Dr. Zhivago's daughter. And that's all I'll say. And Ooh. so he begins to tell her the story of her father to to kind of question her and, and see if there's any relation, um, which uh, which kind of alludes to something that happens at the end, I guess. But that's all uh. I'll say for now until we get into spoilers. Ma- Nathan, do I need to say anything else really at this stage? Is that enough to get people in? Like we're talking Russian Revolution. We're talking World War One, We're talking a man who is kind of, his artistry is is at stakes. His relationships are at stakes mm. uh, because of what is happening in his country, and also because you know he's married. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of so stakes in this movie. You know, it's this huge romance epic in World War One, and and we see this this doctor living about in a time of change, and maybe he has to change, or maybe he doesn't change. What a pitch, so yeah, Brenton. That's I'm I'm going to give you so much money. And I'm going to only pray, Brenton, that in the 1950s, people will want to see a romance epic about the Russian Civil War. And hopefully it'll make some money. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It'll only take 20 years to make. It's all good. Um, did it actually take 20 uh, years to make? No, it did. It did not. I, no, no, no. I didn't no, no, read that the, fact. The, uh, David Lean is uh, an experienced filmmaker at this stage. He knows how to do he an is. epic. He knows what he's doing. But uh, let's get into it, Nathan. Mm. So I got to say, when I was coming into this episode, I was not looking forward to watching this film at all. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was expecting. Obviously, this this film has a huge runtime. Yeah, and uh, I yeah, was I was nervous. I was very nervous. Uh, having watched films such as Bridge Over the River Kwai, which I remember I did enjoy that film. Yeah, as did I. Yeah, yeah, we, we both did. Hey, hey, Oi. watch that episode. David um, Lean fans. Listen to that episode. Holy shit! I need to get my. I need to get my. What what medium medium are we using? We're using an audio medium, which means you listen to it, Brenton. Get it in your head. Anyway, <laughs> so we both enjoyed Bridge like Over the River Kwai, which I thought in the corner of the room. I just 
just <laughs> smacking himself with a shoe. Pretty much. Someone give me a sock. Um, <laughs> so we, 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 we watched that. We enjoyed it. I still have not seen Lawrence of Arabia. You have. I have, yeah. What do you think of Lawrence of Arabia out of interest? Pretty fucking incredible. I'm not going to lie. Okay, right. It's right. long. So it's way... It's longer than it needs to be, but it's pretty bloody brilliant. I really want to see it, and I want to see it in 70 mil because there's a theatre that's near me that shows it like every now and then in 70 mil, and I kind of want to go along to one of those screenings. I think it's like four hours. Like, like you really got to like set out time for this yeah. shit. Yeah. But man, I, I'd, I'd pay for a ticket and go see it in, oh, nice. uh, in, in I the won't. cinema. I, I can't see that movie again. It's just... It's so... It takes a lot of you. Okay, so so that kind of gives you guys the context of uh, how familiar we are with David Lean's work, and I guess Hollywood epics as well from from this mm. from this person. He is like the Hollywood epic man, like you know, he's the Cecil B. DeMille of 1950s epics. This is true. Um, I like I said, I still haven't seen Lawrence, so I'd love to see it. Oh, wait, this is 1965. What the fuck am I saying? That's what this film was like. 65. We're not in the 50s. Uh, 65. Uh, I really like this movie. You do, Brent. I do. I really do. So I love those green eggs and ham. I does. I eat them every day. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think this film is like obviously epic in scale, um, mm-hmm. epic in terms of scale. But like, my Battlefield Earth was also pretty epic in scale when you think about it. Yes, uh, but I would think I think what tips this over the edge for me is that this is just really intelligent filmmaking. This is this is. Epic in scale in terms of the events that are happening, but it's personal. It's it's from a very personal perspective, and mm. I do appreciate that. It reminds me in terms of a story. It reminds me something of like a Les Misérables or, or something like that. It's something that oh, I would have loved Hugh Jackman in this movie, Brenton. <laughs> he just fucking <laughs> rocks you? up fresh from the French Revolution. He's like, right, we took care of France. Now it's time for Russia. I was gonna say I would appreciate Russell Crowe more, but you know, <laughs> we <laughs> we we oh can't have both. We can only we have one have Australian we uh Australian actor. So uh, let's call. Hugh, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy this film. I think I think it's uh, I think it's very special. I think it's um, I think it's obviously it's it's. I don't know because I haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia, so I, I imagine if you'd seen that, maybe obviously that's some, on like another level. But this for me is just epic in scale. Um, I love I love uh, how it focuses on this character and how we follow this man and like his predicaments. Have you actually seen like a big epic? I don't know if River Kwai really fits that bill, but have you seen like a proper... I don't think it has. I don't think... Yeah. I, I don't think I have. Um, have you, so you don't think you've ever seen... This is your first like proper I've seen, old Hollywood epic. Like you haven't seen like Ben-Hur or anything like that. No, I haven't. I've seen clips from all these films, mind you. There you go. You big... <laughs> Look at Brandon. He's seen his big first Hollywood epic he has. Yeah, so I, I did enjoy it. No, sorry. I have seen Gone with the Wind. That's the one I have seen. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you've seen Gone with the Wind, yeah, you've done that then. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. <laughs> I've got to yes. pin a little badge on you, but now I'm just like, I'm going to rip, I'm pulling it back, I'm rescinding it. Yeah, so I I, I think obviously this, this film is extremely well shot. Uh, I like that we follow, like, we go, we, we kind of follow this man, we follow him on his adventures. I can't really get into it because of spoilers, but uh, we follow him over, like, basically like, the barren wastes of, like, Russia. We see this changing landscape through this film, uh, both in terms of, like, the landscape changing and also the landscapes of his relationships. It's change. almost like the country is changing itself, Brenton. Exactly. I think there's some strong performances in there. It's a very tragic story, so if you're going to watch this, be prepared for that. It's not a happy tale. Well, um, I wouldn't have discussed disclose that it's a tragic story because you know it might not be a tragic story if you know no, nothing mate, about it it's 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 about an artist during the russian revolution it's like it's it's yeah, not it's so not people walk out of that shit going okay it's my point is is that it's not i'm not i'm not giving away the ending i'm not saying that it's necessarily a tragedy i'm saying there's tragic elements you literally just it's said not, it's a tragedy I, <laughs> Jeez. I, I, listen let's go back to the I, time code prove me right this film has tragic elements it is mm. not. It is. It is not. A, it, I would not class it as really a, a total tragedy. No. It is. It has got tragic elements, and it's quite. And it's quite a sad film. My point is, is that you're not going to go into this watching something that's very happy-go-lucky. You're not going to, into this to watch a musical. You're going into this to watch this a, a very. But bullock. you know what, Brenton? It does kind of feel like a musical. Did you get In those what vibes? It's like, not. I think maybe because of the Les Mis comparison you just made, it like I feel like this movie could have had songs thrown into it, and it wouldn't have been worse for it. Perhaps, but maybe we're just so talking because it's so emotional. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like this could have easily had the ensemble dancing, and you know, like they're bloody like shooting up shop and like country Russia, then suddenly they're all fucking dancing with their guns. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because Doctor Zhivago was then adapted into a musical. Oh. It is a musical now. 
so, I would be interested in seeing that musical, Brenton. Would in you? fact, you look th- under your chair, buddy. What are those tickets for? Oh, you cheeky bugger. Ah, uh, just <laughs> you joking there for cats. thespian. Oh, my gosh. Ah, uh, fuck. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, that'd be so good if I got us cats tickets. Jeez. Oh, we're going to go see it at the end of the year. Like, I'm so excited. I know you keep saying it. That and, like, the more you say it, the more you think it's going to happen. But I don't want it to, Brenton. I'm I'm buying the tickets like the sh- like it's my shout I like I'm no, no actually it's not you can no I was about to say you're not paying that much money for us to see cats <laughs> I, I would I would but then the way I see it is, is that I introduced you into this bullshit so like yeah so like you, you yeah you gave me the fucking disease mate like I <laughs> I pay a medical bills now because of this shit <laughs> like I passed it I passed it on I you sneezed on, on me like, motherfucker it's like geez you yeah. should be buying me tickets <laughs> but yeah like I, I get I get that there's like very dramatic this film's very grandiose uh, and maybe it is as well like, like in terms of uh, it's a classic old Hollywood movie like it is it has kind of got those those production elements that like say something like The Sound of Music which was funnily enough released in the same year yeah crikey good year for film wasn't it yeah really good really good uh. isn't that insane that this came out the same year as The Sound of Music that and is pretty just bonkers like, like, yeah and to just go oh yeah The Sound of Music and it's like yeah it's pretty good yeah it's pretty, Wait, pretty good also movies bloody um because Audrey was against, was against Andrew Joy, wasn't she? Joy Andrews, wasn't she? So yeah, like, is yeah. This the, is this then the same year as well as bloody um, breakfast? Uh, My Fair Lady, or was it, or was it My Fair Lady or Breakfast? I can't remember. One of them, like, yeah. Bloody hell, mid sixties. They, they had some bloody hits f- flowing out, didn't they? Mate, mate, we we we. I'm all sixties out at the moment. I swear to God, like. Mm. It's just been consistently. Okay, next up, we're gonna have to leave the sixties, Brenton. That's a rule. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. That's a deal. Look, mate. You know, the first hour of this movie, I really wasn't in love with it. I was like, fucking. Hell. I f- it felt like I was reading a novel from like two centuries ago. I felt like I was reading like fucking War and Peace, and I'm like, I am not in the mood to see a film that's fucking War and Peace. You know what I mean? Like, cause like. It's like, especially because it starts like I like how the movie starts off with the old paintings. And you're like, okay, we're going for like a period piece as the titles go up, and you're like, okay, I'll fall into it. But it just felt so fucking boring, and I'm like, geez, I'm gonna hate this film the whole way through. And there was a moment after the first hour, I can't remember what the turning point was, Brenton, but I went from like going, Jesus, this feels like a chore, to like, no, I'm a hundred percent for this movie. Mm, that's like, crazy, man. Like, what it, a like, turnaround. It, I, re- I really thought, because it starts off with fucking Obi-Wan being, Alec Guinness being like, am I your father? I'm like, oh, I wasn't in love with it. And you see, and you see Zhivago like milling about Mosca being like, I'm the best fucker alive. And so I'm like, I don't want to see a movie this shit. But then like, I don't know, I think shit finally hits the fan like an hour in and you really see some stakes. And I'm like, I think it was especially because the adultery starts being brought in and you're like, Oh, okay. No, I'm I'm all for this. I hear what you're saying, but I don't think the film would be as strong without the first hour. If that makes sense, I think. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think like there's enough in the first hour that really pulls me in. Like I was kind of I was kind of into it from the start. I was. Uh, <laughs> you know what? The whole time I was watching the film, I just kept on thinking God life sucked back then. Like, like life yeah, was shit bleak. in Russia in the in the First World War. It's bleak, man. Like that's what I mean. Like it's it's quite mm. a depressing movie and all the characters they're just all so depressed like every scene is them going like oh gosh now this happened in the country and they're just like fucking hell and they just constantly have like just their lives continually upheaved and they're like i guess we'll keep living like and you you can really see them debate it they're like oh yeah i guess we can go to the country oh yeah like I guess that's why the adultery doesn't really hit home because they're all just like they're all just happy to be alive at this point. Well, that's it, isn't it? Like it's mm. it's it's one of those it's 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 such a and, and I guess for us today, like and you know we we are both very fortunate in terms of our lifestyles and mm. and you know where we are in the <laughs> We're world. We're lucky enough to do a podcast, Brenton. That's that's the greatest exactly. gift of all. Precisely, like our our biggest dilemma is whether we're going to like or dislike a film on this podcast. Like compared to you know, <laughs> living this day to day like <laughs> grueling lifestyle of you know, mm. uh, it's it's just it's to watch this. It's kind of you know, it's it's kind of hard to fathom. But I also like these stories. I don't know. I I love um these stories of 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 these people that like fight adversity and are like you know struggling to like get through their their day to day life. Uh, and then also on top of that, the 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 drama of like the adultery and whatnot. It's does this movie, by the way, does it movie does this movie make us want to 
ship adultery because I feel like this movie really wants us to like side with the mistress over the wife because it, it, it gives like no attention to his wife. Like it's really interesting because I think the one the one of the films I've seen that I think does try to ship adultery, which is kind of, and the way it gets away with it is because of the people it's about. It's actually Walk the Line, which I've mentioned on the podcast. Oh my before. god. Brandon talking about Walk the Line. Here we bloody go. Like, <laughs> so, so, no, but it's like it, you watch that film and it's like I, I, I always think in that film, um, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I get that there's this connection between these two characters, but the film isn't really paying enough attention in my mind to like this, this, this woman that is like the wife that is at home with the kids, you know, like, and mm. it does to a certain degree. And like, there is these, there is that drama in the film, but it's, you're watching it and you're just like, it's almost like she's the villain in the piece, and it's like, well, no, yeah. he is really. But uh, uh, and I'm talking about Walk the Line at the moment. Whereas, like, what I felt like in this film was that, like, similar comparison, sure. Mm. Um, but it's it's so interesting, and again, it comes back to this thing, and it's similar to Walk the Line as well. And what I say there is that again, I like this movie. I think the more I think about it, is because this main character is so conflicted, he's so com- complicated, and so is so is the character. Is of Lara. he though? But like, I feel no, like. I know it's more spoiler territory, but I feel like when he ba- da- ba- like dances back and forth between the girls, it's purely circumstantial. Like it's just because something happened war related, and so I guess, I guess I'm with this girl now. But then something else happens, like I guess I'm with her now. Like oh, I think it's I think it's deeper than that. I would my opinion is is that mm. it's definitely deeper than than just that surface level. Oh, it's where I happen to be. Though though the, the geography does come into it in the mm. sense of like. That you know he's in closer relation with with this person because she happens to be in a town that's nearby or whatever it is. But mm. my point is is that he still makes a decision to um, you know uh, I can't talk about this because of spoilers. But he does make decisions based on his convictions. <laughs> he's a man of choices. He should be leading the people, shouldn't he, Brenton? <laughs> he makes no, tough he choices. He should not be leading the people. No. But um, you know what? Controversial statement, Brenton. I'm going to bloody say it on this podcast. I don't like the man, Doctor Zhivago. You don't like the? As I in, wouldn't have like a beer with him because you know why? He's so fucking perfect in this movie. He's one of those fuckers that you see out and you're just like, Jesus, you're perfect. He is a wealthy Russian. Doctor, and he's a good-looking chap by by Omar Sharif. This fucker can have any girl on the planet. Like, like there is nothing wrong with him. He will go out and fucking steal shit to support his fam. He will, he will like write poetry. He's a poet. Like, what girl would not fall in love with a Russian doctor who is also a poet that looks like Omar Sharif? Well, I could answer that very simply, but I, it'd be a spoiler in the film, so I can't... There is I, not I, a, s- I, a single woman this boy could not get. Like, Jesus! Like, he even's got a badass mo, Brenton. I don't normally want to grow mo's, but I want his fucking mo. It's a good I mo. I think this character... I get, I get what you're saying. I get this This character is very attractive, and not just in the physical sense, but, like, yeah. he's, but he's, he's a, an attractive he's person. Perfect. No, he's not. He's not at all. I mean, he, besides he, uh, the adultery, let's, let's, let's sweep that under the rug. But like, apart from that, like, the fuck has got nothing. Like, like his problems that he just wants to write like good poetry in the country. like, no, your poetry's too good. And he's like, fine, I guess I'll be a doctor in the war. Like, you know what but I mean? Even so, like, but it, but but I think there's a lot of conflict in that. Like in, in what you just said, I think I I disagree. Like I I know that he's like he's as a character, he is someone that is very attractive as a as a person, as a personality. Mm. But I think what this character is put through at the beginning of this film and how his life unfolds is nowhere near perfect. God, like it's it's yeah, his life's not perfect. But like I like, I don't think like he's a bit of an idiot sometimes. Like he does some idiotic things. We'll talk about in spoilers. But like I also feel like like Alec Guinness when he finally rocks up. He just solves all the problems for him as well. Like, like there'll be a problem. Then Alkinus will be like, "Hello there, I'm I'm General Kenobi," and he'll do his little Obi Wan voice and he'll solve shit. Like that's what Alkinus does. You know what I mean? There's no tension. He doesn't solve this man's major issues. I guess. No. Just <laughs> sits down. He's like, "Use the Force." It's like, "There's the light and the dark." And Javago's like, "But which one?" <laughs> <laughs> they sit down for a conversation. He's like. You must come with me to Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shavago's like, what? And it's like, oh, that's one thing we have not talked about that we really got to fucking talk about before spoilers. They're all British. All of them. And like... This is true. Yeah. They shouldn't be. It's the most glaring issue with the movie. 
and it's so fucking outdated because they should all have Russian accents. You know what I, I mean? I agree. I agree, but I'm willing to pass it because this is a practice that is still being done today. Uh, yeah, and yeah, ad- speaking of done today, Chernobyl is the biggest one guilty of it this year. That That is true. Have you I seen mean, that like, TV series? I, ha- I have, I have. Yeah, I mean, you've got Stellan oh. Skarsgård that's doing a, a kind of European accent, but he's Scandinavian, obviously, so it's not It's not, it's not Russian. But it's, it's, it's not, because like, they're all brilliant actors, but like... But that's you know? the closest we get in that series. That's a great series. Like, it's it's a solid series, I should Chernobyl's say. I don't great, know. But it just sounds ludicrous. Like, they're in, like, the fucking, like, nuclear plant, and the guy's, like, losing his, like, fuck! He's, like, we're all gonna die! But he's, <laughs> and he's like, running about like a headless like, shook. keep the test going. And it's like, what? Yeah, and he says the most, like, authoritative, like, like, he's sounding like the fucking villain from It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, Jesus! It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, Jared Harris is a brilliant actor, but again, it's like, he's like, when he's explaining the... How a nuke? Do you even know how a nuclear reactor works? Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like the fuck. Like you're in like Soviet Russia. It's like it's the same thing with this. Like everyone's yeah. speaking. Like I love that they're eloquent. Like I'm like fuck yeah. It's cool. Like hearing these like tr- classically trained actors. But we're in Russia. When you see the fucking like Russian language in the movie, it's like the only star. And you fucking see the Kremlin. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. We are in Russia. Like, oh. This this raises questions for me because now I'm thinking as to like why this is in Hollywood, uh, because and I think it's some, obviously I think it might be at this time to do with something like the Cold War in the sense of like all the bad guys in film are Russians, but when they're presented as Russian bad guys, they have these very thick, deep Russian accents. Mm. Whereas in something like this, when we ha- where we're, we're exp- exposing the humanity of these people, mm. uh, it, it's we then revert to like say like a more Western approach in terms of their accent, their uh, humanizing these people. So mm. so maybe it's that, but it's interesting that that still continues today. Like uh, and because bonkers. like because. Because, you know, like, Italian people in films have Italian accents, you know? French people yeah. have French accents. What is it about the Russian accent? Or is it the Russians which causes us to... Would you well, would to, you love to see an adaptation of this novel done by the Russians? I mean, why not? I know. I know. I would have really loved a version where it was filled with Russian actors, accomplished Russian actors and with subtitles and just, like, and you really feel like you're there. Or they're all bloody all going on about, like, you know, the change, like, the Red Army and that kind of shit. I'm like... Like, you sound like you're from, like, I don't know, like, Essex. It's like, go back. It's like, you know what I mean? Totally. Um, Nathan, I, I had a question for you in terms of what we were, what you were saying about you, you got on board with this film after a certain point. Um, mm. on, on a scale of, like, on the scale of 1 to 10, how into it were you, were you getting into? Like, in terms of, like, the ending of this film, were you emotionally affected? Um, I wasn't shedding tears, which is what I think probably was more likely happening at the time. Um, as far as emotional investment, like, I don't know, I wasn't like, I, there were definitely moments where I gasped, and you know, actually, you know what, yeah, I was definitely emotionally involved, because there were points, big moments happening in the story, I was like, you fucking idiot, or I was like, I was like, oh my god, they did that, or like, oh no, this character maybe is no longer with us, I was like, like, moments like that, I was like, oh, I, I actually, yeah, one specific I moment. Mm. There was one specific moment towards the end that I was like, what happened? Oh, um, yeah. The ending of this film, I don't want to talk about it in non-sports, but I was like, what the actual fuck? I was like flipping tables. I was like, what? I do like the end of this film, though. Okay, we're getting near the end. We should probably rate it then. Let's spoil this shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I can I can feel us like our fingers on the trigger. It's like a Mexican standoff. We're, we're bloody... Bloody Who's going to spoil this shit first? And, yeah. and, you know, we can't let that happen. So, Nathan, I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to say, I really like this film... Um, I, I'm I'm really keen to watch it again. Surprisingly, really, enough. Like I'd, you love it that I'd much. Love to, yeah, I'd like to watch it again just to like mm. really cement kind of my experience and and you know see see it again. I want to see it on like a bigger screen though. I watched this on my iPad, which is probably oh no, it's just not it is not the way to watch this movie at all. And I want to watch it on a bigger screen, the biggest screen I can find. So yeah, I, I will definitely be doing that. But uh, for now, I'll be giving it uh, my thumbs up approval. This is hard for me because, like, on a Thursday night, like, I'm trying to imagine people, like, it doesn't have a lot of issues with its length. I don't think this is, this felt as long as it could have. So, no. like, probably with these old movies, I, yeah. That's that's one of the biggest positives, I have to say, is that, like, for a three-hour, over three-hour epic, it's, uh, in terms of its pacing, it doesn't necessarily feel, it's long, but it doesn't feel that out long. Of, out of, like, Kwai and Arabia and this, out of, like, Lean's, like, you know, triumvirate, I think this is probably the best pace out of all of them. So like wow yeah mm. cool I think the pacing of this was better than River Choir and like I agree yeah I don't think this is the film if you want to know much about the Russian Civil War like if you don't know much about the Bolsheviks and like the October Revolution all that kind of stuff like 
this is not your entryway because it is very much background noise. It's important to the story, but it's background noise. I don't know. I'm totally. trying to think of like, you know, my, my, my mates and like family members and mm. like, the, you know, the average, yeah, yeah. like, would they put on this movie? It's hard. If you like iconic scores, this would be pretty good. I don't know. Um, this is really hard. What would make, you it's know. man. No pressure. What, if this like came up on Netflix and people were like, oh yeah, we'll put on Dr. Zhivago. Like, would you? Like, do you need to see this movie in 2019? Would ya? Would ya? Would you? Would it. you do it for two Scooby Snacks? I don't know. Like, why should someone watch this in 2019, Brenton? Oh, I think it's a classic. I think it's. I think it's one of those. You you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Not when 2020 you watch this or film. beyond. Just 2019. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just think like. I, it's one of those films that I think that like you know I don't know if everyone needs to see it like it's not something mm. that is but I think you know what you're getting when you're getting when you when you put on Doctor Zhivago you know you you know the kind of scope of the film you're going to get you know that the the time it's come from again if you're someone that you just watch the MCU or whatever you're not going to get around this because it's going to be like no. whoa what the f- fuck am i watching like it's like it's it's too slow paced it's not it's nowhere near the pace of like what films as you know have. what if you can do river Kwai, you can do this i think absolutely absolutely yeah. and maybe yeah. river Kwai should be like your testing of the waters like yeah because that's a lot slower but as good nearly i don't know it's too it's too fresh but yeah i th- that's i it, wouldn't yeah. i would not just suddenly say put this movie on like you you gotta have this can't be your first epic. I'd even say, say see Ben Hur before this because Ben Hur's better than this. I don't know. We need to put more epics in our repertoire, Brenton, to start comparing. I, I'm keen. Things. I'm I'm definitely keen to do that. I'd be keen to watch some more. I'd be keen to watch Ben. I'd be keen to watch uh, Lawrence as well. Mm. So um, it, it gets me really excited. I I really like this era of film, and I and I mm. like this kind of genre of film. These huge sweeping epics that we just don't get today. So it's um, well, we do. That's that that's a lie. We do, but it's not. Ne- it's never on 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 this scale and this kind of production design. No. You know, you, it this, feels like you're watching a, a very old play, but a beautiful. Play, that's you know? it isn't it yeah with the intermission totally. and like the opening like score like i downloaded the score by the way brent and i was very happy with wow it. Mm. there you go lara's theme is fucking incredible if you want guys want to add that track to your yeah. spotify playlists am i giving it a thumbs up ah i'm so on the fucking fence ah i'm glad we're at 68 because in two episodes i can revise this but like yeah yeah i guess watch dr javag it's it's one of the most iconic movies like I'm trying to think if there's a better version of this kind of story, if there's, like, a better romance epic I could name that you could watch instead. But, like, like Titanic, probably. If you can do Titanic, you can do this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, Titanic is much more modern in every sense of the word. Do you think Titanic's better than this? Oh, it's hard to say. After I've only mm. seen this once, and I've... And, um... You know what? If you love Titanic, because a lot of people don't love Titanic, but if you love Titanic, you're going to love this. And when I think about how many people fucking love Titanic, and also how many fucking tickets this movie sold, obviously a lot of people like it, so... No, I'm... I'm... Oh, but that shouldn't influence my opinion. Do I think it's worth watching? Yeah. Yeah, my thumbs up, Brenton. Cool, cool. Well, hey, we're in agreement. Though, I think for you, you might change in a couple of weeks, but that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, maybe I will as well after I watch it again. But hey, guys, you know what time it is. What's the time, Brenton? Spoiler, spoiler time. Spoil the movie, spoiler time. So there's a lot of shit we could turn into here. I, I want to go right near the start, Brenton, because there's one sure, thing man. I... Because there's one thing I I really one of my favorite scenes in the movie was that because we could go through all the major plot bits and we could but like one of my favorite little moments in this movie there's a scene early on where that you first see the first protests Brenton they're all in the streets and the fuckers are all like shouting we want I don't know whatever they wanted fair wages I don't know all that kind of shit and we're in this rich restaurant do you remember this rich restaurant we're in this I do kind of thing yeah and. And like, and the people, and like, it's the aristocracy. All these rich fuckers are eating their feet, their food, and the protest rocks up outside the restaurant. And they're screaming and they're going like, you know, screw the current government. And then, like, the restaurant goes quiet. And then, like, one guy, one old fucker in the restaurant, like, shouts, "No doubt that'll sing in tune after the revolution." And like, and everyone in the restaurant like bursts into laughter. But then it cuts to the protest outside the restaurant, and everyone like. Like disbands, like as if the protest heard this one guy insult them, and everyone just kind of starts walking away, and it's amazing. It, it's a great moment. It's funny. It's funny that you remember that from the very st- beginning of the film. It's like <laughs> it stood out, Brendan. That's the first thing I laughed at, and I'm like, okay, maybe this movie won't be shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I thought yeah. I thought early on actually this movie was going to go on a cocoa because you know when he's at like you know like hard cuts to the boy at the funeral in the middle of like Soviet Russia, like the fucking winter, and this kid's been given a guitar. 
I thought like as soon as he said like his dead parents is going to start like strumming the guitar and gonna, like the skeletons were going to start dancing and I'm like we're back in Pixar's Coco. <laughs> hey man, you could have a spin-off. You could have a spin-off a crossover even, you know. Just uh, like spin-off of that kid with a crossover with Coco. Why not? What do you think of um we could we, you know what we should talk about characters that we didn't talk about in non-spoilers. What do you think of like the weird best friend of that chick's mother? Like the uncle, or, you know, the weird uncle, for lack of a better word. He's weird. <laughs> yeah. Because did you get that relationship at the start of the movie? Because I really wasn't following what the hell was going on between the two of them. In terms of what? Because I couldn't tell if he was her father, but then he started flirting with her. I'm like, oh, is this incest? But then like, because he kind of mentions that he's friends with her mum, but then like her mum's no longer there. So like, oh yeah, because yeah. we see her mother commit like suicide near the start, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's full on. Jesus um, well, attempts dark. attempts to like it's uh it mm. is it's very dark and then like. But what do you think of him? Very very strange mixed up person. I think like mm. you know like what does he want? Because like because he rapes her at one point, which is horrible. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's horrible. But like, but he still tries and helps him helps her throughout the movie. Like it's like he. <laughs> He's one of these characters, I think, that he has like a weird infatuation, is what I'd say. Is that mm. he's this very unhealthy kind of uh, view of a person, and whilst you know he he puts his hand out and like to help someone, and it's probably coming from a genuine place, is still this thing that muddles him, um, mm. which is interesting to watch and kind of scary to watch as well, because you're like, fucking hell, like. You know, and it, it, it's interesting that that character is just kind of there, like you know, um, and like he like he solves a lot of problems for them, like like I like at the end how like he's like you know what you're all about to get fucking shot, and he's like let's get the fuck out of this cottage, and like it's, yeah, like that almost redeems him, but like but in my mind I still hate him by the end of the movie. Nothing redeems him, I don't think. No, um, I guess because we see the rapers. Well, not that seeing the rape makes it any better, but like like we really like I was loathing him in that scene. Like yeah. when she shot him, I thought she killed him. Like at the fucking ball it's like yeah which is a great moment as well great moment although what an idiot why would you wait till the fucking ball finishes and just shoot him outside where there are no witnesses what are you doing when it comes to revenge and 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 emotion like a high emotion like that like you know there's no logic to it i just think that it's like but it's such a powerful moment when she walks up and and that happens it's 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 startling and it's and it's um but yeah, everyone at the party is so nonchalant. Like she shoots a man, and like everyone runs up to her, and like maybe like one old lady next to her is like reacting. But everyone else is so calm, and he's just like kind of like he falls onto the floor, and he's like, "Nah, it's all right," because he just got shot in the hand or whatever. Like it's funny. It's funny how normal it is. Then you know what I mean. Like mm. it's maybe maybe just because we're like in Russian Civil War, they're like, "Oh fuck it!" Like things are about to get worse. You know, like they're all used to this shit. Nathan, speaking of that scene where it involves a sled and and them leaving the cottage, or you know, a few of them leaving the cottage and leaving someone behind. Mm. Did you? What a scene! I thought that was actually like, because oh, this is, where he walks in and he's like, "You have to make Sophie's choice." It's like, do you want to stay here with her, or like, is she going to go away with me? Yeah, that's it. Mm. And uh, and he makes that choice, and and then she gets taken away. And I think that's the the well, the, last the last time, time they s- they see each other. We will mm. say. Yeah, uh, let's just jump straight to it. Let's rip that bandaid off. Like, what do you think about the ending? Because oh, first off, did you think it was her? Is that her? Well, 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 wait. I want to just talk about this this goodbye scene really quick. But oh, sorry. No, keep going, mate. No, I thought it was such like a. I uh, it was such an emotional scene for me. Like I was like, oh, were you really feeling shit? Is, oh, is this the scene you were talking about the non spoilers? In terms of, you said there was a big emotional moment that you. No, it, no, oh. no. The the big emotional moment was the one. There was a moment of hope in this film that that oh. made me kind of happy. No, this 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 was just sad. This was just like, you know, he makes that choice and he runs through that cottage and he gets to the top, he smashes the window and watches her go away. And you've That's seen right. that trope you've seen that trope a million times, but for some reason, whether it's the performance, which I think is a mix of the performance and the and the direction obviously coming together and also the cinematography, it's so kind of powerful, like in that mm. in that sense of like you, you follow these people on this epic journey and then that's the moment. But then at the end, like to continue on to your point, the he, he's on this tram and he says goodbye to Alec Guinness, who's giving him a hand again, and he gets on his little tram and he looks so fucking unwell, and uh, yeah, he looks at and he and he sees Lara. So you think that is Lara? I mean, we kind of see her face. I, I think it is. You yeah. think that is Lara? 
Okay. I think it is. I think I think I think for the for the scene to work, I think it is. It's it's and it literally kills him. Like he run, like he gets out into the street. Yeah. He, see, I didn't buy this for two fucking seconds. Like it, because like he's healthy the whole film, and then out of nowhere, like he's suddenly like, what does he die from? Oh, I think years have passed at that point. I'm not saying that he's yeah. an elderly gentleman. I know, oh, but, do you love his grey hair wig? Jeez, that's great. No, no mushroom. But but you know, I imagine that someone that is that deeply fucking depressed that never got out of the system that is stuck in this shithole that mm. can't you know well he knows where his actual wife and kid are they're chilling in Paris so like he can go to them but I think there's a there's a life that he's led there that is just like so unhealthy from a mental standpoint that obviously mm. that would have ramifications on his health yeah I don't know when he like when he like passed out on like the floor it's like like really it's like it's, I buy it's a little it. bit that cheesy. he has the heart attack and he and he dies um but how tragic as well that they never see each other again, and then obviously. But that's the uh, thing. It's so stereotypically on. tragic. You know what I mean? Like and unnecessary. Like it doesn't complete a character arc. Like yeah, but that's the story. Like I think it works for the story, definitely, for sure. And for the characters, I think it's I think it's great because mm. because then without this and without a few scenes that happened after it, we don't get the proper ending of this film. So 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 we leave that, and you know, Javago's dead, and then we find out that Lara's had the child or whatever. Yeah, and not only that, she dies in a labor camp. Yeah, Jeez, man. that's she, so dark. She gets her, she gets fucking arrested and sent to like the. Um, the gulag or whatever and gets yeah. fucking like and Alec Guinness is like narrating this and he sounds just so like casual about it. it's like fucking hell we like lose our two main characters in like the span of like one minute and you're just like like at the ending that's the weirdest thing all of the major characters at the end of this film end up miserable no one's happy by the end of it exactly I mean maybe Alec, Alec Guinness, Guinness is miserable the wife and kid in Paris are miserable Zhivago's dead Lara's dead like no one's happy but we get one moment of hope Nathan and that is and that is given to Alec Guinness when she the the, the supposed daughter walks away and she has the uh, I, I don't know what the instrument's called yeah the she guitar has whatever it is the Russian yeah, guitar yeah and and uh and she plays it. Uh, well, she doesn't play it in the film, but like it's, <laughs> it's, we find out that she's a that she's an artist with this with this instrument, mm. and it's this moment of brief like hope that uh, Alec Guinness's character has that half brother of like that that is their daughter, and like yeah, because she can play the guitar. It's like mm, oh, is, it, no. is that a DNA test? <laughs> no, but it's it's their daughter, Nathan. Like for sure, there's no. Mm. That's that's that's. I love it when her boyfriend comes us. in at the end as well, and you're just like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> and you, he's just like clearly unhappy that Alkinus has been haunting her. He's like, "Oh, what's all this?" <laughs> I love no. My favorite moment of his is when he says, "Oh, like, do you play?" And he says, "Does she play? She does all this fucking. She's a like." Do you know my favorite Alkinus moment in this movie? What is it? My and I fucking laughed at this moment. There's a scene in the movie where like their house is like they're staying in still in Moscow, and like their house has been given up to Soviet Russia, so there's like a billion people living with them. And like, and this, and like the people also starting to steal their shit. You know what I mean? Like, like wait a minute, that's my wife's stuff. And then like, and so it, it begins to get chaotic. And then fucking Alakinus just steps into the room and he just clicks his fingers. Yes, like I already remember fuck, the scene. Yeah. Like a fucking musical. It reminded me so much of Tobey Maguire in Spider Man Three when he starts clicking in like the jazz club. <laughs> now take on this. <laughs> Just imagine how good is doing that. Like, oh, my mind went straight there. Jeez. That's and it's hilarious, great. man. Oh, it and is he's great. Just, yeah. And he just steals the movie because like, like, everyone walks out and he's like, right, you're in Moscow. You're miserable. Shut the fuck up, everyone. I'm going to get you to the country. No, you're going to go there and you're going to like it. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, now, Nathan, did you have any other spoiler, spoilery uh, content you wanted to oh, chat mate. about? We need to talk about Harry Potter that's in this movie. Or the character that looks like Harry Potter. <laughs> All right. He looks so much. Actually, no. Scratch Harry Potter. James Potter. He looks like... De- he's like Russian James Potter. What's his fucking yes. name? It's like... Po- posh, posh, it's like something that gives a P. Like Polish or something. Like He's... He's this. Uh, I think it is... Uh, Posha. Oh. Posha? Pa- pa- Posha? Po- Posha? Posha? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like the husband of Lara, like the boy who's so beautiful in this movie. She's wonderful. Like the film was going like, yeah, let's get around Lara. Fuck the first wife, even though like she's. Oh, by the way, the first wife is stunning as well, isn't she, Renton? Like, you know, Zhivago is doing well. He's doing pretty well in both baskets. You know, you wouldn't be miserable with one. But anyway, back to Harry Potter. 
So, so Harry Potter's in, well, I'm going to call him Russian Harry Potter. So Russian Harry Potter is like Dayton Lara and he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to war. And you know what I love about him, Brenton? He goes, we see him on the battlefield and in the first minute he gets like gunned down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, the whole movie is just like, you know, he's like, I'm for the revolution. I, you know, you must choose duty over honor. And he just gets immediately shot down and I fucking love it. Yeah, man, but his arc is, like, really interesting during the movie. Like, it's amazing. It's kind of weird that he ends up being this, like, warlord. That, like, I was surprised when I... Because totally. when the first act ends, like, it ends with the big reveal that he's the one on the train. I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. Did you get around that interrogation scene? I, I did, actually. I, li- I like his yeah. arc. I like I like him as a character. Um, and, I, and I like kind of his ending as well, that he ends up... Um, he kind of throws the whole thing into fucking shit because like he's on his way to his execution or whatever and he commits suicide from memory yeah yeah again and, um, it's just casually mentioned and you're like geez this guy like and he was about yeah, to which, find them i wonder what would have happened if he if he actually made it to the to the ice cottage oh i think he was i, I don't know i i don't know Do you um, reckon he would have attacked Zhivago? I'm, I'm not sure yeah maybe i think he would have walked through the front door and gone Zhivago, you're a russian poet who's also a doctor who's also beautiful i can't compete with that and he'll just shoot himself in the head <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh. Jesus, Jesus Christ! And that'll be that'll that'll be the dialogue as well, Nathan. That's exactly what the dialogue is. Yeah, and like Shivago is such a fucking idiot. Like, why does he leave the train at the start of the second act? Because like, he walks off. He's a he's an idiot on so many occasions. Because he walks off and he immediately gets uh, kidnapped by like the Red Army and like he's enlisted, and then like. Later, and, like, the only way he gets out of it is that they're, like, walking in the snow and he just decides to turn around at one moment. <laughs> like, like the army gets up him and then just, like, waits to go to the back of the crowd. He just, like, walks in the opposite direction and no one bats an eye. I know, right? <laughs> like, I have no clue why he left the train in the first place. It's like, you're in the middle of a war-torn country. What are you leaving this train for? It's like, oh. Hey, hey man, he wanted some air. He, you know, he... <laughs> He's an idiot. Like, he deserves to be captured. Jeez, like, oh. And you know what? He should have stayed on the train because my favourite... One of my favourite characters is on the train. For some reason, Brenton, Tim Minchin is in this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> that guy. The guy who was, like, the forced labour guy on the train. Oh, who was like, right, right, right. <laughs> don't you think he looks like Tim Minchin? I guess, kind of, maybe, <laughs> He does. It's Tim Minchin. For some reason, he's in the he's in the sixties filming, bloody um Doctor Zhivago. If you don't know who Tim Minchin is, like people who aren't Australian, he's this great, great, great um musical comedian who who wrote Matilda, the musical. Who you've met, Brenton, right? I have met Tim. Yeah. Um, did you ask him? Were you in Doctor Zhivago? <laughs> I did not ask him that, unfortunately. Oh. But if I run into him again, I'll uh, I will ask him that, and I'll let our audience know. He, like, I love him. He's a great. <laughs> He's just like throwing shit on the train, like, oh, like when they let that old lady in with the dead baby. He's just like coiling yeah, around yeah. it, like, I love him. He's great. Ah, oh. so so Nathan, I do have a question for you. Yes, I want to know what stills this movie. Oh my god, Breton, this might <laughs> be one of my favorite stills. Not because of how good the frame is, but just because of the context. Nathan, can you please explain what is going on in this still? Okay, so there's a scene in the movie. Fuck, I love this movie. Okay, the more we're talking about it, Brenton, the more I'm getting around it. Because there's a scene in this movie where, like, what even is the context? There's, like, a scene where, like, they're passing through some army on, like, on like the, the country road of Soviet Russia. And it's winter and it's snowing and everyone's miserable and rugged up. And, like, there's this army of maybe, like, I don't know, 200 soldiers walking through, like, these peasants of, like, 100 soldiers or something like that. It's in the, No, it's in the middle of the war. That's right. And, like, and there's for some reason there's a barrel on this road maybe it's like one of the horses that carry it but like anyway one of like the commanders like stands up on the sparrow and he gives this huge rousing speech to like like both the army and these rebels who are definitely on opposite sides of the war and he's like you know what we should just unite and be russia and let's get around this country and he's and people are standing in the sparrow and like if the soldiers are putting up their guns they're going Egh! <laughs> and then what does he do he, sa- he says something that that like literally triggers someone because like something happens in the crowd and this random Russian boy just whips out a gun and shoots him and he falls into the barrel that he's standing on. He does. And it's, and it's so quick and you just see his body just floating in this bloody water and it's just, it's amazing because it happens so quickly. He just goes from hero to zero in the snap of a fingers. And you took a photo of it but it's like, that's, this, that's what stills the movie. It's funny because, like, as a shot, there are such gorgeous vistas 
in this movie. Like, truly incredible shots. But Brenton, this, just seeing this fucker just floating in a barrel dead in the middle of the Russian Civil War, nameless, we'll never know who he was or what he wanted. It just puts a smile on my face, buddy. <laughs> well, Nathan, I tell you what will put a smile on my face, and that is when what I find will? it. It's when I will find out, how did... How did they make this making movie magic, yeah? Brenton, how did they make this movie? Nathan, do you know that this film used fake snow? It was not actually <laughs> shot. Are we returning to It's a Wonderful Life? How did they make this? Uh, I, I, we might be, because not only did the mild winter mean no snow, the fields started turning green too early, so the crew used white paint plaster dust, and even white plastic sheets to create many of the movie's snow-filled vistas. Really? Yeah, man. Which is, like, Jeez. fascinating because, like... Uh, the, the, Why the, not the just wind... film in the snow? <laughs> like... I don't know, man. They just... Maybe they just needed something that was a bit more controllable that wasn't as, uh... I guess, yeah. They didn't need as many variables, maybe. I don't know. Camera equipment they called. The poor extras, though, because they would have been rugged up in full Russian coats, boiling in, like, fake snow. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have been miserable if I was on that set. I'd be like, fuck this. Because <laughs> uh. like, one of the big facts of this movie is that they couldn't film in, in, in Russia. None of this is in Russia. No. No, because in 1964, when they were filming this shit, the Soviet, you know, the Soviet Russia was in full force. And, um, you know, they didn't like the book or the, or, or the idea of the movie. So um, it's funny. The so- Did you know, Brandon, the Soviet government invited Lean to come to Moscow to discuss the movie? What? Really? Yeah, That's interesting. they sent him an official letter saying, hey, it's Soviet Russia, Mr. Lean. Do you want to come over here and we can chat about the possibility of you filming the movie? And Dave, David Lean didn't reply and he didn't go at all because he thought the meeting was going to be them discouraging him from making the movie at all. So he's like, how about yeah. I don't go to Soviet Russia? Right. That's so interesting. Mm. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Did you know that Sir Alec Guinness and director Sir David Lean quarreled frequently frequently on the set of this movie? Really? So, yeah, according I to did Guinness. I that. Ooh. Lean was acting the part of a superstar director and frequently insulted Guinness's performance and him personally. This caused a rift to develop between the two and they didn't work together again until A Passage to India, which was 1984. Jeez. But he's worked with Guinness before. They did River Quad. Yeah. Totally. What's all this about? Like, I don't know. What are you doing, David Lane, being mean to Alec Guinness? I know. You know what would have been really funny, though? Because when they did, what was it, Passage to India, you said? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been funny because when they did that movie, that would have been after Star Wars. So Alec Guinness then would have turned the tables on him. Totally. Totally. He was yeah. the superstar. He was like, He's like now I am the master. <laughs> <laughs> I am Moss Eisley Cantina. Uh. <laughs> You know what, though? Interesting when you mentioned about David Lean's latter works because when this movie came out, critics didn't love it immediately. They thought it was a little bit long. You know, they, they had some issues with the adaptation. So it, it was always popular with audiences, but David mm. Lean himself was very upset that the critics never really warmed to it. So he actually abdicated from making movies for a very long time. He only made two more after this. But it was interesting because... Um, his, film historians now now say Zhivago was the last true Hollywood romantic epic. So yeah, this is kind of the closing chapter on it. Yeah, and they cite that like Warren Beatty's Reds or um, Anthony Minghella's English Patient were like you know kind of recreations of it, but this is kind of the last one that did it properly forever. Right. So did you know this movie was not shown in Russia until 1994? Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Very controversial. Oh, there must have been bootleg copies or some shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah, they were on the black market. They were like, oh, have you seen Doctor Zhivago? Just like you walk past some fucking black market in like Saint Petersburg, and you're like, here, ooh, Zhivago. <laughs> <laughs> they just snatch some fucking VCR out of some guy's hands. I love it. Oh. You know, Brendan, the Ice Palace was made up mostly of ear of um, not earwax. I was going to say, what the what the fuck? (laughs) Could you imagine? Like they're walking through this set, like like the director leans into Guinness. He's like, you know, this is all earwax, and Guinness is like, oh. And he's like, do you know this is all my earwax? And it's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's it's it it was just made of actual wax, and it's. Did you find that glaring throughout the movie? The fact that the snow got that fucking intense in this house. Yeah, man. It was like the end. Like, Jesus. It's like they're on the set of Frozen. <laughs> it's like, like, that's Elsa, not real. You there? Can you please let it go? <laughs> they fucking walk into the house and there's fucking Elsa singing Let It Go. Like, Olaf is like, hello. <laughs> and the Javoka's like, oh. 
So I have a fact. Uh, this is my last fact about Omar Sharif, who played uh, Dr. Oh, yeah. Eurasia Vago. Had to undergo the daily inconvenience of having his eyes taped back and his hair straightened to disguise his Egyptian looks. He also oh. had his hairline shaved up about two to three inches and his skin waxed, a process a process which had to be repeated every three days because he wore wigs in the movie. Jeez, God. I mean, it's not Jim Carrey in the mask levels of stuff, but it's still pretty bad. It's pretty fucked, yeah. Yeah. Also, just hire a Russian lead. Uh, I mean, Omar Sharif's great. Like, they're all great, but, like, ah, uh, you could have just gone Russian. It would have been cheaper as well. Uh. <laughs> well, Nathan, did you have any more facts for us today? No, nah, let's look at this one's poster. Alrighty, Nathan, what are we looking at here? Because we're looking at <laughs> Dr. Zhivago, a love caught in the fire of revolution. Turbulent were the times and fiery was the love story of Zhivago, his wife, ellipses, and the passionate... What? The passionate... Tender Lara. There you go. Dr. Zhivago. I, I really like the, the, the main image. I like that it's kind of this collage of, like, a few of the characters, a cavalry charge, and, you know, I, I do like that. I like that artwork. And then we just have these two other random images down the bottom, which kind of really don't add anything. It's like we have another cavalry charge on the left, and then on the, on the right we have... Uh, Javago kissing his <laughs> wife. About to kiss group. both the women. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's just like what I would have rather a bigger version of this main image blown up. You know what I mean? Mm. Just to take up the whole poster because I do like it. It's got like <laughs> no, a, the whole movie poster is just his head. We're just like yeah. really zoomed in. <laughs> it's like it's like uh you know the it two posters that are out at the moment, which are just like the oh, red just Pennywise the, of eyes. It's like Pennywise. It's like but it's like Javago. Oh. It's like his eyes and his mouth and like. A, <laughs> No, it's nose. Zhivago with the Pennywise clown makeup. <laughs> and he's oh, and he's holding a red balloon, but with like the hammer and sickle on it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, we have solved this poster. Because you know what? I actually do love this poster because I'm imagining in the 60s when you never saw trailers and you literally just had the poster, this would have so enticed you to see the movie. Because you imagine this... Bi- I would have gone and seen this. Holy shit. Like, yeah. 100%. Because because if you know nothing, you just know it's this war epic. And there's a guy with like two insanely beautiful women. He has to choose which one. Like, fuck yeah, I'd get around this. Like, on that alone. So, uh, yeah, I think this poster works because it's like that shape is just so original in terms of like, it's not like your classic... Like, it's not like a square image. It's like, it's got its own shape. Mm. Uh, the artwork itself is is very unique. And um, the font's yeah. good. The color's good. Like, yeah, yeah I'm happy with it. It's working for me. So, Nathan, in terms of title talk, uh, was there a Dr. Zhivago and Dr. Zhivago? There, you know what? There was some Dr. Zhivago. And not only that, we got to see him doing some bloody doctoring. Hey, man. That's you know, we good. saw him be a doctor. We saw him bloody fix people up. It was pretty good. Hey mate, and if that that's A plus right there, A plus standard for a film. Well done. Well also, done. Also, I love Give that last name, Zhivago. Is it Russian? Well, I presume so. I must. It's a great Zhivago. name, isn't it, Zhivago? It's so colourful. Are you going to change your name, Nathan? Yes. Actually, this is the moment I do a full name reveal on the podcast. My name is actually Nathan Zhivago. Uh, you guys knew it all along, didn't you? You uh. guessed it. You guessed it. Uh, I so, would be so ballers if I had the last name Zhivago. Like, you would just feel so top shit. Like, no wonder <laughs> no wonder the doctor's fucking perfect in this movie. It's just because he has the last name Zhivago. That's it. So, Nathan, now that we've covered basically everything, I just have one last thing that we need to do, and that is to pass the power. Power to the people. Let's pass it to the people. The power. Right. So, Nathan, uh, looking at the tomato meter right now, uh, it, uh, <laughs> right this very second. It, it says that uh, we have an 83%, uh, which is pretty good, and an audience score of 88%. Oh, people like this movie, Brent. I'll tell you what. Yeah, Not man. many, though. Only 45k gave it a chance to run tomorrow's. But yeah. Oh, we never mentioned, by the way, Brent, and we should have mentioned this at some point. Isn't this like... like Adjusted for inflation, this is like a, like the eighth highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, when adjusted for inflation, this is uh, the eighth highest grossing film of all time, which is just insane that it was that popular. Like this, like this movie made so much bank. I think at the time, like in the 60s, it was like $200 million, which was like insanity. It's hard to fathom when you think about that today, that this romantic epic was the thing that, you know... It was uh, as big as Endgame. Like it was yeah. like that huge. Yeah, amazing. You know, so uh, no good on it. You know, and 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 the critics now love it. Like John Puccio from Movie Metropolis, he said, "A passionate movie about passionate people 
in passionate times. You know, John, you didn't use the word passionate enough in your review, so, you know. No. Uh, but, hey, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It is very passion-driven. Like, like, do you think Do you think it ever falls into melodrama at any point? Uh, no. I think the story itself doesn't, know. Mm. Um, I think there could have been a good chance of it doing it, so you got to give it to the script that they never really found exactly. the territory. Mm. Uh, Marjorie Baumgarten says... <laughs> Because the name. movie is something that should be experienced by everyone at least once in a lifetime. Marjorie, I don't know if many people are going to get around this once in a lifetime experience today, just given the nature Ooh. of films and how fast they are now. But, uh, you know, yeah. I agree. I think I think it's one of these epics that's like, you know, uh, it's like a little time capsule from another, you know, era of filmmaking and it's worth a watch. 100%. Like, I, I, I can't get around those books where it's like, what is it, like a thousand and one movies before you die? It's like, jeez. Like... Like, could you imagine listening to one person's opinion of a thousand fucking films you got to see before death? It's like, oh, can't imagine it. I think it would stress me out, to be honest. It would. I remember being given one as a kid, and I like got through like three pages through, and I'm like, oh, and I threw the book across the room. Like, I can't You're do like, it. Oh, let's watch High School Musical. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Number two's the best. Controversial opinion. Uh, I would agree. Uh, so, so oh, well done. Is thanks, it because babe. of the Miley Cyrus cameo? No, it's because of that fucking solo from Zac Efron. <laughs> oh, my God. What's the one where, like, Vanessa Hudgens is, like, walking around, like, the summer resort being like, oh, do I... I can't remember the conflict of that movie. I just remember her, yeah, like, walking yeah. around... Yeah, that's number two. Like, as she walks away, and she's like, I gotta go my own way. Actually, no. Controversial. The second one has the best song out of all three movies. What's that? What time is it? Summer time. It's our vacation. Do you remember getting around that? Mate, I got very much around that. It is a good song. Oh, what a banger. How old are the high school musical films? No, there's no way we're doing them for the podcast. Like they're way too young. I think that 07 was the first one. Oh. Well, in 2027, we know what we're doing, aren't we, Brendan? Actually, maybe it was a, a year or so before that. Actually, maybe it was 06. I'm not sure. Oh. Uh, Do you remember being inspired by basketball from those movies, Brenton? I remember not loving the first one, if I'm being honest. You know why? Because Breaking Free was fucking everywhere. That song was just in every corner of the world. And, like, I hated it by the end of it. I'm like, I'm so fucking sick of this song. And every bloody person who was a child at that time was singing that song. I'm like, it was a bloody let it go of our day, wasn't it, Brenton? It was, it was. Yeah. Uh, also, I love it because at the start of that movie, doesn't he meet Vanessa Hutchins to, like, a karaoke at, like, some ski resort or some shit like that? Like, Yeah, man. They're just, they're, that's how they fall in love. That's how they meet. That's why every weekend I go to karaoke bars and I just, like, start singing a song and <laughs> hope, hope that the love of my life is going to just join me. You know, oh. it's a you know it's a sad existence, but uh, not as sad as Zhivago's. You keep trying, buddy. I will, buddy. Mate, what does oh. Yassel Ru- R say? say sorry, uh, uh, us Russell uh, Yassel R gave it three stars and said doesn't really hold up with the times. Should have been more inclusive. Do you think the absence of Russians would be a big no-no for people watching this movie nowadays? Probably yes. Um, back then, mm. obviously no, but uh, it's I no look- breakfast at Tiffany's, Mickey Rooney, but it's still like, come on, like. But then again, I, I look at Chernobyl, and you look at all those actors, you know. Like, oh, it is a bloody Chernobyl, isn't it? Like, oh, there are great Russian actors. Oh. Yeah, Joe M gave it five stars and says a true classic. A time when people spoke clear, precise English with a level of sophisticated maturity. Cheers, Joe M. Yeah, it is true. I you must say, like, despite the criticism we literally just gave the movie, I do love like the classically trained English. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. It feels like you're watching like Shakespeare. It's like you know, like so, like like the way the English language was meant to sound, like just 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 like like expertly crafted words and delivered like exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah, they're bloody great, aren't they? But then again, I want Russian. (laughs) <laughs> Lastly, Carl, Carl B. Carl B gave it three and a half stars and said, I wasn't thrilled by this one. It has a great production value, like its costumes, production design, and music, but its overall kind of slow and disinteresting. Would you would have, would you have wanted, like, more action in this movie, Brenton? No, like, no, and I don't... No, not at all, and I don't think this film is disinteresting <laughs> nope, g- at all. kick the door, get it out. <laughs> I don't think it needs it at all. Like, it's not about that. Mm. Like, no, is there anything like more, you like, like less of this and more of that? You would you'd say for this movie? Not really. Like to be honest, like I, I don't, mm. I don't think it needs more of the revolution for its existence because I don't think one that's what the film's about. Like no. I just said, but also I think I think it would muddle it too much. You know? Yeah, 
the movie is always one thing I do love is that the movie is always focused on the romance plot. Like that's always its first priority. So yeah, I would I agree, man. I wouldn't change anything either. Yeah. Well, man, that's the end of our our, our final section of the show. Mate, we've seen Doctor. Mate, this has been on my list for so long. Like Doctor Zhivago, like it's one of the classics. Like I'm so glad we've finally seen it. That yeah, Doctor Zhivago, man. It's a it's a. I I enjoyed the film. I think I think it's a good time, and I'm very excited to watch it again. What a time! You know, the more we talked about it, I'm glad I gave it a thumbs up. Like I really did come around. Excellent. I'm I'm glad you I'm I'm glad you gave it a thumbs up also. But guys. What I want to know now is your opinions on this film. Did you enjoy it? But what it? do you think? <laughs> yeah, man. So so send us a tweet. Send us an email. Send us a comment on YouTube. Whatever it is. Send us a copy is. of the Russian novel, Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> we would love to read. We'll, we'll read it out full in Russian on the podcast. Brenton's already putting his hand up for it. <laughs> But you can find us at all those places and you can also find us on the podcast app and you can also find us on SoundCloud. So uh, if you feel like checking into next week's episode or b- looking back through our back catalogue of films that we've uh, that we've already yeah. completed, feel free to check it out. There's some ballers Listen on there. to River Kwai. If, you, if you're on the edge about this one, have, have give River Kwai a go and then see how you feel after that. Definitely, definitely. But hey, man, that's Dr. Zhivago and I'm glad uh, we covered this movie, Nathan. Thanks for that the suggestion. On, on that note, Nathan, since you are not a proper Russian and not talking how proper Russians talk, we're going to have to send you to the shooting line right now. But Brenton, I thought we were allowed to do Australian accent for podcast. Nathan, this is no longer the podcast, my friend. No, no. Help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. Oh!